0: Amen. Bethesda, muy buenos días. Let's practice some our social distancing Spanish. Muy buenos días. Alright. Well, it's always a pleasure to be here. It's always awesome to get to visit. Now, I was checking the last time I was speaking here, and I was in back in Faraday, And it, it feels like so far off. You know, it's like it was such a different world back then. You know, we were talking about different things and How many of you have been dealing with stress lately? And if you haven't, where have you been for the last five months? Because one thing that is for sure is that we all have been dealing with stress. And we're on the same boat. And that's interesting because there are seasons where, you know, stages in life where we... Face different things, but it feels like this particular season of time of life, everyone's been in the same boat. And I've, I'm encouraged to look at the Bible because I was, I've been praying, Lord, just take off this stress out of my life. Just, just take this out of my life. And and I, I got encouraged not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, about the life of David. David is running away from Absalom, his own son. Talk about family dynamics. And he's running away from his own son because he wants to kill him. He is staging a coup against him. And David is fleeing Jerusalem. And while he's fleeing, he writes two psalms. Now, I want to stop right there. Because who would write two songs while fleeing away, running for their lives? Now, talk about being productive. You know, it's like in the worst season possible. Now, I'm thankful for that because we we have it now in Psalms 3 and Psalms 4. And, you know, some uh, scholars say that he even wrote it on the same day, Psalms 3 and Psalms 4. Well, he was running away from his life. And I love how he deals with stress, and how he sees stress. Because where we're trying to get off of me stress, he's looking at it differently. And let's look at Psalms 4.1. And he says that in the middle of my stress, or whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. What I thought it was going to crush me Actually, was enlarging me. In in another uh, version, it says, "You were creating room for me," and and that's really great because so many times we want God to fill an already occupied place, and He's saying, "Give, make room for me, so He can fill up. He needs room to fill. He." Fills those gaps, the, the places where we're stressed, the places where we don't know what he's gonna do. Those are the exact places he wants to fill. But sometimes we have our worries, we have our opinions, we have our way of looking at things, and we don't have room for him. So stress, David sees this as the place where I'm stretching. Now I'm gonna invite you this morning. And, and I, I, want, I want you to prepare your Bible. I want you to prepare your heart. And I want the people online to prepare their favorite emoji because I'm going to ask for it this morning. I want you to be ready to participate. We're going to engage this morning. We're going to have church. We're going to have community. And it, even how we have church has changed. But I believe that even through these stressful times, we are enlarging our capacity. We're getting stretched because David did not see it. As something as he will crush him, but something as he will enlarge him. Now, he knew that the issue was not the issue itself. It's not about what he was going through, but what he was growing through. It's not so much about, look what my situation is, but what I'm growing through what I'm going through. John Maxwell used to say that, there's people who want to go through life. There's some of us who wants to grow through life. Is life hitting you? Is life passing by you? Or are you passing by life? Are you growing through this season? Are you growing through this time? Now I, I get it. Nobody likes stress. Nobody likes it. We all dream about being, you know, we, I wish I could be in Mexico right now on a beach with, you know, with a pina colada. No alcohol. We're at Sunday. It's, it's church people. Come on. It's people watching online. So we will be, you know, stress-free. But I know that that environment where there's no stress, there's also no growth. There's never growth in stress-free zones, stress-free zones. I want to talk to you about, uh, I want you to t- go to your Bibles and I'll go to my text about the stretching place. And let's go to the book of Acts chapter 3. We're going to read some verses that I believe is going to bless you this morning. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. We talk about a place where we're being stretched. Let's not minimize. Let's not, you know, uh, that look at what we can learn through this time. And I know it's so hard, and I know it's just different, you know. It's just, I wish it was different. You know, every year, you know, uh, we have a, a theme for uh, for the year. You know, we yeah you know, the, the year of blessing, the year of harvest. You know, I was thinking to the church, you know, you know what I'm going to call 2020? It's not what I thought about. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It, it, isn't that true? That it's not what I, This is not what I thought it was going to be. I knew in the calendar I was going to be here on, on, uh, on August 9th. That's as far as I could, uh, t- could tell. I just didn't know we were going to be through this time. So I didn't know we were going to be through this season. Now, in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, let's read it. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. It's about 3 p.m., And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. Now it's interesting, how can you be a beggar at a beautiful place? In order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk sizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright, and he began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Hmm. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he was clinging, (laughs) interesting, while he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. They were full of amazement. He had received a miracle. He had received, and he was able to do what he couldn't do before. Now, I want to talk to you about what it takes to translate, to get the stress into an enlarging and a stretching experience. And the first thing... It's about the connection, who you are connected with. Because I see Peter and John, they came to the temple together. Now, for you, it's easy to read. Maybe it's like, oh, Peter and John came to the temple. But if you look a little bit closer, you see that this is a very unusual couple. This is the kind of couple that you're, like, still wondering. It's like, I know they're happy together. I just don't know they're, how they're together. You know, kind of like that, that kind of family is like, I just don't know how they do it. It's just an just unusual couple. There were two distinct personalities. You know, I love Peter. Peter is my kind of guy. You know, he was rough. He, you know, he was rough around the edges. You know, he, he wasn't perfect. But he was a man of action. He would just take it. You know, he was he was the kind of guy who would not stay. While well, everyone was looking at ghosts, he would step out of the boat. He would just get out of there. And he would just, in faith, do it. He's the one. You know, Peter was a man of action, and I'm thankful he didn't have good aim. Because at one time, he put the sword out, and it cut off the, the ear of someone. You know, he was aiming at the head, thankful. Now, that would have been a miracle, you know. It was like... Putting that, the, the ear back out, putting the head back on, like, that would have been a, quite a miracle for Jesus. But it, Peter was a man of action. Peter was a man that, you know, he cursed here and there, and he wasn't always perfect. But he was a man who loved God. Now, John, on the other hand, John was the kind of guy who would be inspiring you. He would be the kind of guy who would just, you know, post on Instagram those, you know, inspiring things and post the pictures and, you know, Motivation Monday and, you know, Taco Tuesday. I don't know what else. Every day has its own, you know, hashtag. But he would be the kind of guy. Now, it's not their differences what we see. They learn to work together together even though they were different. Two distinct personalities who learned to work together. You know why? Because they knew there was something bigger than their differences. And that's what makes a powerful experience. You see, the stretching experience the stretching zone the stretching place you have to connect you have to learn i love what what uh, how pastor dan explains it that church the body of christ is not a club a club is a place where where people they're similar to you they think like you they dress like you they talk like you that it, it will be a friendly environment you don't need god for that but a church, the body of Christ, is we can work in unity. And, and it's so powerful. Listen, if we knew the power behind unity, it's so challenging at the same time that Jesus says, Listen, if two, okay, three of you get together. And work together. Not maybe have different backgrounds. Maybe, you know, have differences. But if you can work through those things and have unity on one thing, on my name, and something bigger, I will be present. I am not going to miss that unity. I will never miss an appointment like that. Jesus says, if you, two, three of you, can work those differences together, I am not missing that meeting I'm going to be there present. And anything that you ask, anything is possible. Not because the miracles are challenging, but because the challenging part is walking through those differences. Peter and John learn; They were walking together. They knew there was something bigger. They didn't know exactly what they were going to face, but they knew that they had to work together. Now, the second verse, we see a lame beggar that could not walk. Even though he could not walk, he could do one thing: have good relationships. Even though he couldn't walk, he could have people bring him to the temple every single. Now, that is commitment. That's love. You know, I can, I'll help you once. I'll help you for 30 years, for 40 years, bringing you every single day. That's commitment. That's a strong bond. That lame beggar could not walk. Even in his limitations, he could have good relationships. And the easy part is to connect with people according to my own limitations. Let's make the club of the beggars, the lame beggars, all together there. All the lepers, all the, you know, frustrated people. All the angry people are here. All the happy people are here. It's so easy to, to be labeled and to be categorized. This lame beggar, even in the middle of his struggle, he could have good relationships. Enough to bring him to the temple every day. What I'm here to tell you is that faith is a journey you should experience in community. The hard part about faith is not necessarily believing, but it's about connecting. Because the temptation of stress, it's isolation. When I'm stressful, I'm like, I want to close the door and I want to focus. I know some of you are like, especially the ladies have, a, have a, this uh, you know sixth sense and have this ability to multitask. I'm not very good at it. You know, I barely walk and, and chew gum at the same time. I barely made it, you know. And sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm driving and I'm thinking about something and I miss my exit. You're just like, I can't do multitasking very well. But I know that when there's stress, I tend to isolate myself. The temptation of stress is isolation. But the strength of faith is connection. If you're discouraged, if you're in a stressful situation, if you are at a place that you're uncomfortable, you don't know what to do. Instead of recluding yourself and secluding yourself and, and being isolated, you need to connect. Who are you connected with this morning? Who are you connected? Because I believe that who we are connected affects the directions of our lives that's why we are a body of Christ that's why we're not we are the specimen or the island of Christ where the body and and even th- through these challenging times maybe you're present maybe you are online that's why I ask you to prepare your, your favorite emoji because I want to I want to know if you're present this morning. I want I want you to know I want you it's like I am here this morning. I can see you but I, I, I need to know that those online are be like I'm present I'm here this morning I got my coffee I haven't I haven't changed my pajamas but I'm here this present I'm at church this morning you know I, I want to know that the differences can be troubling and we are facing that situation where we are like I don't know what I'm going to do the struggle is for the connection who are you connected now social distancing doesn't mean spiritual distancing doesn't mean emotional distancing you can still text you can still call somebody. You can still reach out to somebody. You can still say, hey, I need prayer. And if you need prayer, please write in the comments right now. Email us. Reach out. You know, we, we want to pray for you. But it's, it's also part of what we do, part of our journey, that we are connected. Now, I want to talk to you about the second thing because the connections are important. Now, The second thing is the focus. The beggar, even in the middle of his limitations, That's what I love. Because he had expectations. Even in the middle of his limitations, he had expectations. He saw Peter and John. And, you know, once once you're good at something and you've done it for a while, you know, you kind of learn to read people. And he could read on, on John and Peter something. He's like, these guys are carrying something good and he was like, he, like, he raises his hand and he's going to receive. He's like, I'm not eating from the dollar menu today. And I was like, I'm going to get a good offering this morning. I was like, he was like, all right, give it to me. And he was, he, even though he had expectations, he didn't get what he wanted. But I'll start there. He had expectations. Sometimes stress can kill our expectations. Sometimes stress can diminish our expectations. Sometimes it can be like, well, I had plans for this 2020. I had this idea. I had this project. But this stressful situation, and it may be changing. It may be different. It's not what I thought it was going to be, absolutely. But your expectations should be there. God can still reach out to you. God can still do a miracle. And he is working miracles in our favor. Now, I've read this passage so many times, and I've spoken several times about it. It's not the first time. And I've always meditated on Peter's words. Lately, I've been meditating on John's silence. Because he was, the Bible records that he was there even though he didn't say anything. He was present. And and this is what you need to know through this season you have a praying pastor, you have a praying pastoral staff, you have a praying church, and even in the middle of the silence, even in the middle of the distance we can't see, we are here present. That's one thing I've learned through this season. That even though I cannot hug people, even though I cannot, you know, talk necessarily close to close to people, they're still present. And I love that about that the Bible records John's presence Even in the middle of his silence. And of course we want to reach out. Of course we want to pray for you. Of course we we want to be connected. But sometimes I meditate on John's silence. And this time is about being present. I love the fact that it was mentioned earlier about being present. You have to show up. This is not the season to show off. This is the season to show up you know is we're going to show up and whether you are here present or you are online i want you to be present during this season john was part of the miracle he was present he was there and i love that even you know that song that we sing the waymaker even though even when i don't see it i know you're working see Here's the thing. That's why the book of Hebrews says, on, on Hebrews 12, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Because you want, can, can, I, can I be honest with you? I know it's just us and like a, a thousand people watching online. But can, we, can I just tell you that sometimes stress changes the direction of my eyes. Sometimes, sometimes through stressful times, I'm, I'm not looking, oh, praise Jesus. I'm like, looking, how am I going to get to the end of the month? How, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to deal with this? How, how am I, I'm struggling with this. I'm, this is a stressful situation. How am I going to do it? But in the middle of all that, that's why it talks about a conscious. It talks about an intentional action to fixing because sometimes it can get Diverted. It can get out of focus. It's moving. It's changing. Things are different. But fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author and consumer of my faith. The lame beggar had expectations according to his own focus. Isn't that what happened to John the Baptist, by the way? See, John the Baptist, I want to make a parenthesis here. Because John the Baptist... He you know the very first time he had a revelation of Christ he was he was in his mother's womb. Now hear me out. He was inside Elizabeth's womb the very first time he ministered the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to tell me that you have to have a certain age, you have to have a certain degree to minister the Holy Spirit? Uh-uh. He had a revelation of Christ. When he was not even born, he knew Christ before he knew his mom. Isn't that crazy? He says in, in, in the book of Matthew, it says that he had a revelation, and he jumped. Now, later on, this same John, he is baptizing, and he experienced the trinity of God, that expression of God. He is baptizing Jesus, and he sees the uh, opens. The, the heavens are open, and he hears the, the voice of the Father. He sees the Holy Spirit manifested as a dove. He sees the, the burb made flesh there. He had a revelation of Christ. And then later on, Matthew chapter 3, he's, he talks about what he expects that Jesus is going to come to do. Because, you know, John was a kind of preacher. He was, he was a tough guy, too. He He's, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's just going to bring it and you know, it was not an easy message. But he used to say, uh, Now, if you think I'm tough, wait for the next guy. Oh, the next guy. It, he's gonna bring it. He's gonna bring fire. He's gonna, you wait and see. But later on, in chapter 11, he is in prison and he's doubting Jesus. And he says, He sends his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Christ? Or are we going to wait for somebody else? Because he had expectations. He he was expecting Jesus to be a certain way. And Jesus answers to his disciples by saying, well, look at what I'm doing. Look at exactly what I'm doing. And he's referring to Isaiah chapter 61. But what what I like about that is how... Sometimes the wrong expectations can make us doubt our revelation. Sometimes we have the right word but the wrong expectations. And that's why we get discouraged. That's why we can, he had a revelation of Christ, but he had the wrong expectations. Jesus was not what he thought he was going to be. And sometimes we get disconnected with church. Sometimes we get disconnected, disillusioned with, with leaders. Sometimes we get disconnected with the Bible because it's not what I thought it was going to be. But this man, he had an expectation. He's like, I'm going to get something. I, 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 honey, get ready. We're, we're going we're, we're to eat good tonight. And it's not what he thought it was going to be. Because the lame beggar had to refocus from the attention that he seeks to the answer that he needs. And I've learned through social media times that, that we're cloud chasers. You know, we, we're, we're chasing attention. And sometimes you can have the truth, and that's not enough. Sometimes you can have the right thing to say, and it's not enough. Because sometimes people are more connected to the noise that they're making than to the answer that they're seeking. Sometimes all they want is attention. And, 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 and listen, if you have prayer needs and if you have a situation, let, let us know. We'll, we'll pray for you. But what Peter is saying there is we're going to change this. We're not going to look only at what you're going through. We've got to change the focus of your life. And he gets him out of himself into something better. He had to refocus. The whole conversation, the whole thing, he thought it was about him and his pain and his limitations and what I'm going through and my pain. And look at me. And Peter says, all right, we're going to change. We're going to present a miracle for you this morning. I'm gonna get you out of your comfort zone. I'm gonna stretch you in the first place. Before he stretches his legs, he stretches his mind. Before, he's, he, before he couldn't move, and this is the thing, he couldn't move physically, but he was also stuck mentally. So he was always stuck spiritually. And he said, the very first thing, you know, when you drown in the water, it's not because of the whole body isn't there, it's because of your head is under the water. If you keep your head underwater, you'll make it. We drown not for falling in the water. We've, we drown for staying under the water. And this man, he had to change his expectations and change the focus. Not on what he's going through, but on the answer. Not the attention that he seeks, but the answer that he needs what are you looking at this time what are you looking at this season what are what are you what's the focus of your life because stress can change the way you look at things stress can shift the expectations that you have in life and number 3 first we talked about the connection about being connected second we talked about us having a refocus in life Next, I want to talk to you about the next stretch. Because in every place where he was, he was stretched. We only see the end. And this is the hard part about studying the Bible. Because we see the end story. We already know what's going on. So we kind of, we kind of lose our, you know, the amazement of the details of what's going through. But he is being stretched continually. Now... The next stretch, Peter takes him by the hand and helps him to get to the next stretch, and he began to walk. He grabs him. It says, "Look at us. I'm going to get you out of your own pain. I'm going to get you to refocus on the right things. I'm going to. I'm going to be. I'm, I want you to think about really the." exit plan. I want you to think about the solution through this season. I don't, we know what we're going through. We know, and we all are, you know, we all are experts on on viruses now. We we, we can talk hours on it and what we believe. Let's talk about the answer that comes from heaven. Let's connect with the answer that is Jesus. And he says, all right, let's focus not on the attention that you seek, but on the answer. I am not going to give you just another like. is not just a, a little coin that's going to make you through the day. No, we're going to fix the problem. We're going we're to fix it. And Peter says, you have to look. Look at me. Look at me. And he holds him by the hand. And he grabs him. And at that moment, I love the fact that the Bible records that word in that moment something that this pandemic has or this crisis has taught us or you know we have learned at least i've learned that life is not measured on schedules but on moments it's about moments life is not so much about what i'm supposed to do what you know this thing because everything was just changed all the plans that we had, all the things, that, all the activities, it just changed. It's based on moments. And I love the fact that he was open because in that moment, it wasn't on the calendar. For him, it was just another Sunday. In that moment, he received a miracle and he leaped. There was a stretch. Now, Peter grabbed him and in that moment, raised him up. And his ankles were strengthened. But I love what he did next because it says that he leaped, He stretched. He went where he had never been before. He was doing what he was not able to do before. He knew, hey, my mind has changed. My focus, I can see life differently this morning. I can see things with a different lens. So I'm going to take the right action. Because right believing will take you to right living. Having the right mindset and being connected with the right people with the right body, and having the right mindset will give you the ability to have the right action. And that's powerful. There's a miracle in that. And that man, in the next stretch, he was not stuck at the door anymore. And I always ended my messages there. He was, hey, he received a miracle. Isn't that awesome? He can walk now. But I love what it says next, that he entered. And I was thinking, he was at the door of the temple. And like I said at the beginning, isn't that life sometimes interesting? That you can be a beggar, a lame beggar, at a beautiful place. That portico, that temple, That gate was called the beautiful. And he could hear the praises. He could hear the messages. I'm sure he could say, amen, glory to God. But he couldn't enter. He was always at the door. His condition could not allow him to enter. The lame beggar thought it was about the coin that he was going to get. I originally thought it was about him walking. But now I see it was about entering where he couldn't be before. He was stretched so he could enter into something better. He was stretched so he could enter, so he can have access to what he needed, to a place that was so much better than where he was. And here's the thing. When you're stretched... You're only seeing a glimpse of what you will have access to. And this is the thing: when what you're the pain that you're going through, the, the time where you're going through, it's enlarging you because it's gonna give you access if you only been At the door of the best place you've ever been. It's only been at the gate of the place of the promise that God has for you and your family. You've only seen a glimpse of the glory because the latter rain will always be better, bigger than the previous. I believe that for my church. I believe that for you, that even though through this season, even though through this stretching place, stretching time, we're expecting that we will enter into a glorious time in Jesus' name. How many of you believe in that? Amen. Amen. Don't lose faith today, even when you've been stuck at the door. God is stretching you. So you can enter into your next season. And I finish with this. It's one verse that I read. And I've read it several times. It just stuck me about a week and a half ago. And it's 2 Corinthians four seventeen, And it says... Now, Paul is saying, for the momentary light affliction. Now, when we talk about affliction, I know it's like, well, people didn't like me on that Facebook comment. You know, they didn't invite me to the Instagram party. It's like, no, he was in jail. You know, he was in prison. He, he knew what persecution was. You know, we, 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 we really don't have the, the whole idea of what persecution is. It says, for the momentary light affliction. Momentary light affliction. It is an affliction. it's momentary. It shall pass. It's light. I, I know it feels like a big thing. I know it feels like a burden. But it's light compared to what God has. The stretch, it's only a little bit of the weight that God has in store of his glory for you. But what I love is this word, producing. What is the tribulation producing in you? Is this tribulation producing the right thing in you? My original concern, to be honest with you, was only the virus. But my bigger concern right now is what is that is turning us, us into. That's my bigger concern. What's this producing in us? Because the issue is not the issue itself. That's what Paul is saying. The issue is not the momentary light tribulation. It's what's producing in me. And wherever you are in life, wherever you're going through, wherever your, your, your train of thought is, I want you to ask yourself, what is all this producing in you? I was praying, and I said, "Lord, I'm tired. Lord, through this stressful season, Lord, I, I don't know if I can make it. You know, it's just like everything changing, everything shifting, everything. And, and you know, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, I, I've tr- I've studied the Word, and you know, I I, I never took a class um, on pandemic. I, I you know." Just to be honest with you, I, I didn't go to that school. You know, it's like, I, I don't know where you download that, that you know, 10-week Bible study on how to, deal, how to lead a church in pandemic. We don't know that. But you're expected to know everything and have all the plans. And you're like, Lord, I don't know how to deal with all these things going on. And, and, and I was just praying, Lord, just take it off. Just take it off me. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my life. And clearly he said, You're racing with the wrong strategy, because you think it's about speed. You're trying to race a marathon like if it was a 100-meter sprinting race. That's why you're getting tired. It's not about speed. It's about endurance. It's about endurance, not about how fast, how quick, we can turn. How far? Because I'll be honest with you, I get out of breath easily. And, and this taught me I'm not in as great shape as I thought I was, I was. Because I started running, 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 running. And I got out of breath. And maybe you're there too. I want you to close your eyes. Because you thought this was about how quick we can turn this. How fast we can turn this around, and we get back to normal. And maybe you're out of breath this morning. Maybe you barely made it out of bed this morning. Maybe you're on the verge of just dropping off the race. But I'm here to tell you, it's not about speed. It's about endurance. And I feel the Holy Spirit tells many of you, don't quit the race. Catch yourself up. Have a drink of water. Catch your breath. But get back in it. I still got plans for you. I still have things for you. I still have purpose for you. Don't drop the race. Don't Quit. Yes, you're tired. Yes, you're being stretched, but you're being large this season. I'm taking you to something bigger. You're going to have access. You're gaining access to fit in that purpose that I have for you. Even when you don't see it, hey, I'm present. I don't need to see God. I just need to feel him, And guess what? I feel them this morning. And if you feel them, I want you to get on your feet. And I want to invite people online to do the same thing. Get on your feet. And if it's in your living room, it's in your bedroom, I would like to get on your feet. And we're going to sing that part. Even though I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. I want you to believe it for your own life. Even when I don't see it, Lord, you're stretching me. Even though I don't see it, I know, I know you're working in my life. In Jesus' name, get stretched, get ready. You're having access into your best season of your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.